Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Let's go, Brandon. I keep it drawn like I'm a can. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. And if it can't relate, just plan Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. You ask questions, they stop banning. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go. It's one of the top 40 dance songs. At the clubs throughout the United States, and earlier this morning when I joined Sid Rosenberg, as I do now, three mornings a week at 7.05, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Lou, Sid had no idea what this song was. Let's go, Brandon, right? It's, it's not patting him on the back. It's basically making fun of the president of the United States, Joe Biden, but it's put to a, a good dance tune. And people, whether they're supportive of Biden, whether they hate Biden, whether they're independents, they hear the song, they get out on the dance floor. They're really not listening to the uh, words. They're going with the flow and then eventually sit, you know, all busy, you know, texting uh, back and forth with the mayor over his dinner tonight. Yeah, we're going to get into that in the 45 minutes now with the Rip and Read. Finally got it. Why we came in with that song. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I heard an entire chorus, guest after guest after guest. Oh, Joe Biden was lying. He was lying for 80 minutes of lies. And I'm saying to myself, what the hell is wrong with all these commentators? Is there anybody out there who doesn't think that politicians lie? I mean, think about it. If you're a Democrat, you say, yeah, yeah, politicians lie, but, you know, I, I support our liars versus their liars. Republicans, oh, yeah, yeah, politicians lie, but I support our liars, not their liars. And the independents who determine now the fate of most elections because of the growing number of people who are registered, uh, they assume that everybody lies. It's just a question of the degree of lies. And as you saw in that State of the Union address last night, the liar of all liars emerged, George Santos, the disgraziata, the shanda, who happens to be a Republican. So it uh, sort of throws shade on the face of every Republican because he's still sitting in the House. McCarthy, the Speaker, insisted that he be seated, that he not be challenged. At first, that he be appointed to two subcommittees, and then he recused himself. Well, guess what? He didn't recuse himself last night. He lined up right on the railing. This was right out of the book of the old Altachacha. You may have remembered them. Elliot Engel, the congressman. His only claim to fame is that every year for the State of the Union address, three days in advance, he'd be glued to the railing. This way, he'd be the first one you would see reaching down to shake the hand of the president. And regardless, he didn't matter. It was Republican president, Democrat. Elliot Engel. Oh, my name is Elliot Engel. He always had, looked like he had constipation. Uh, he was the congressman who represented the uh, North uh, Northeast Bronx and also Westchester. He had replaced uh, Mario Biaggi, and then he got knocked off by the Democrat Socialists of America and probably he's having uh, his maypole at some senior citizen center somewhere because that was his only claim to fame, being right attached to the rally. It's what George Santos did because he thought 
that when Joe Biden was coming down the aisle after being introduced by the sergeant of arms, that somehow Joe Biden being stunned or in the throes of dementia or Alzheimer's would shake his hand and then he'd have a photo op. Well, guess what? (laughs) You knew Joe Biden was on his game because he saw George Santos and he did not shake his hand. So he knew right away. Look out for this guy, man. He's a Diablo. And in fact, Mitt Romney approaches George Santos and says, what are you doing here? You ought to be in the back row. Man, you're a sick puppy. Get out of here. And yet there are some still in the congressional delegation of the Republican Party who barely has the majority because he's number three who keeps uh, 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 McCarthy in power as the Speaker of the House who still want to climb on to him. So that was number one. Then all of a sudden, you noticed Bernie, the Altacaca Sanders, uh, in the audience. Lou, if this wasn't a sign that he's passing the torch to AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, I don't know what is. He looked horrible. He had a mask on that they use when they're doing asbestos abatement. He was all hunched over. He really looked in bad shape. The camera panned to him maybe three or four times during the 80-minute speech. And, I mean, each time he looked worse and worse and worse. And the other guy was really pissed off was the schmuck-to-putz Chuck E. Cheese Schumer because at the very beginning when the president was doing the salutations and greeting to his vice president, to the Speaker of the House, and then he uh, talked, uh, he sort of gave a shout-out to Mitch, I love my bourbon, <gasps> McConnell, who didn't even stand up, he was so drunk, so smashed like he always uh, is. He then immediately mentioned Schumer, and although everybody got an applause, Schumer did not get an applause, and it because of the segue. So Schumer was fuming during all 80 minutes, saying, man, I didn't get my applause. Everybody else got an applause, because remember, you're in the world of I and me. Everybody's in their own world in the House and the Senate. It's always about I and me, not us and we. So the president actually was firing away, because remember, what were the predictions the day before? Let's be completely honest that he would stumble and fumble, that he could never get through a speech, that he would be in a memory lapse. He'd be talking about things and trying to connect different facts that were completely disjointed. I got to tell you, he exceeded all expectations. And for a lot of you said, oh, he's liar in chief. He's liar in chief. Understand this. This State of the Union address was to buff up his support amongst Democrats as uh, few as 30% of Democrats of late have thought that he should run for a re-election. So his whole point in going out after the Republicans during the State of the Union address was simply to fire up his base because it's clear he wants to run again in 2024. And what did he do? He engaged the Republicans. The Republicans engaged back. And who ended up stealing the thunder of the Republicans It wasn't Kevin McCarthy. It wasn't any of the Senate members. It wasn't even the person who gave the response later on that most people didn't even see. The youngest governor in the United States, the former press spokesperson for President uh, Donald Trump, uh, Arkansas Sarah Huckabee Sanders, 
it was Marjorie Taylor Greene who looked like she was one of the real housewives of Jersey. Did you see how she was dressed? And all of a sudden, she engaged the president. So my many, some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it, unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks. He went back and forth, and he fared well in that exchange. And who ended up uh, becoming the face of the Republican Party? That nut job, that schoolball. Oh, my God, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And the Democrats love that because this schoolball, this QAnon conspiracy theory supporter, I'll never forget, she said that wildfire in California was started by a laser beam from space and controlled by a prominent Jewish banking family with connections to powerful Democrats. She's gone on record as saying Bill and Hillary Clinton had John F. Kennedy Jr. killed because he was a political rival. She said a plane probably didn't crash into the Pentagon on September 11, 2001. She's a 9-11 denier. Of course, the Democrats are happy that the face of the opposition is this Facha Bruta, who looks like she's a cast character of the real housewives of New Jersey, the way she was dressed last night, Marjorie Taylor Greene, instead of what was a great opposition speech much later in the evening that most people didn't see by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And what should have been a night in which former President Donald Trump could have crowed, what did he do? He descended into the bowels of his I and me sandbox, which is, hey, I'm the next nominee for the Republican Party, DeSantis, out of my way. Your guy, Trump, what is he doing? Bashing and trashing DeSantis by sending out photographs of DeSantis with teenage girls that he was teaching in a private school in Georgia. Come on, Sid. Well, he did uh, He did do that, you're right. And That's disgusting. Well, his daughter-in-law, Lara, is about to join me momentarily, so please stop saying bad things about my friend, President Donald Trump. How could you not say bad things? How could you not? What the hell was that? I mean, on his own new account, the way he conveys information through social networking, his words, he sent out the pictures. He retweeted the fact, basically suggesting that Governor DeSantis of Florida, that everybody is fleeing to, it's freedom land, it's the best state in the nation. Maybe... Maybe he was practicing pedophilia as a high school teacher at a private school in Georgia. He was implying that. And this on a day in which you see Governor DeSantis taking a victory lap in the woke worlds versus the mousetrap. 
as Ron's winning fight on the Disney brainwash machine is deriving results. In fact, let's be perfectly honest. The great speech that Sarah Huckabee Sanders gave, much of it was a Xerox copy of what Ron DeSantis has been in the forefront of in the culture wars against the Biden administration, against many of the Democrats. So here it is on a day in which Republicans were bashing uh, Biden. First off, did anybody really think he was ever going to make it through 80 minutes? Come on, all of you. I remember what you all were saying yesterday. He'd be lucky to make it 20 minutes. He did 80 minutes. You might not have liked what he said. You might have said it was all lies. But again, remember, because of George Santos and the history of elected officials on both sides of the aisle, the average everyday voter who is not an apparatchik, and I deal with them in the streets and in the subways every day, Kurt, it's not for nothing. They all lie. You're a politician now. You lie, too. The impression is that all politicians lie. It's a degree of how much you lie. And if you happen to be a member of our party, hey, you're our liar versus the liar in the royal opposition in the other party. But the perception of all voters is that, hey, every politician lies. There's a purpose to the lying. We want our lies to supersede the opposition's lies so that our candidate gets elected. And the mass majority of independent registered voters, the the largest growing number of registered voters in the United States who determine elections, look at all politicians now like you look at George Santos. Liar, liar, pants on fire. So I'm going to hear this the rest of the day here at WABC. It was 80 minutes of lies, of lies. (laughs) Shocked. I'm shocked that, uh, that Biden would lie. I'm shocked that Trump would lie. That's why I've said out with the old, in with the new, bye-bye Biden, bye-bye Trump. But as long as Trump looks like he could win the Republican nomination, Biden is going to stick in with it, and the Democrats are going to support him because they believe, and rightfully so, that Joe Biden in a rematch could beat Donald Trump. This is the Riffin' Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Isn't it great to be in America where the commissioner of homeless services has resigned in disgrace as we continue to welcome in illegal aliens and we're now going to be housing them in, uh, as announced today, the Holiday Inn, all 50 stories at Wall Street, $190 a room, $93,000 a day that we, the sucker taxpayers, are going to pay. 
And also the um, fire department in total free fall as the upper echelon is all abandoning ship. And uh, Lou, what is uh, Mayor Adams, who uh, should be in crisis mode, going to be doing tonight at 930? Having dinner with our own Sid Rosenberg. Well, maybe because he needs help in math. And we do know that Sid Rosenberg graduated from Baruch College. Uh, where he could have become an accountant with a sharpened number two pencil because Eric Adams cannot explain how he demanded $2 billion from the federal government for the illegal aliens 48 hours ago, and now he claims it's $4 billion. The plan was, based on the budget, was like this 30%, 30%, 30% split. You know, where we would pick up 30, the state picks up 30, and the feds pick up picks up 30. The... Hakeem Jeffries is not in the majority. He's not the majority leader. He's the minority leader. Uh, if we look at the history of a Republican-controlled Congress who they don't want to do comprehensive immigration reform, if we're counting on their 30% split, <laughs> that just doesn't add up. You know, so uh, we need to make sure that we have a foolproof plan to address this it's a national issue, and we don't see the help coming from a Republican-controlled Congress. Oh, so blaming the Republicans. Does Sid know this? Oh, that's right. It's a typical pivot and shift. We're going to pivot and shift. That's right. So now uh, reporters were saying, no, wait a second. That still doesn't answer the question. How you claim 48 hours ago you needed $2 billion from uh Joe Biden, and now you claim you need $4 billion. We were were constantly stating to everyone who asked the targets were moving. We were trying to get the final numbers. And the reason we did that is so we won't be here. If we would have given you $300 million last year, and then we tell you $1.4 million, you know, then argue with, well, why did you say $300 million? That's why we kept saying we need to look at these numbers. People were still coming in. We're still getting a heavy influx. Those numbers may grow also. So we know that this is a moving target. There's a lot of uncertainty. And so when uh, Jock uh, from the budget office was able to come up with some good numbers that we can turn over, we did just that. Huh? He gave everybody vertical there. But again, it was a pivot and shift. We're going to pivot and shift. And then Marcia Kramer, dean of all the reporters, said, come on, stop the bull feathers. Let's get down to brass tacks, Eric Adams. You want $4 billion now, right? $4 billion, where will it leave you? What will you have to cut if you have $4 billion in unanticipated costs? Uh, We are uh, looking deeply, and every New Yorker would feel uh, the pain of that. (laughs) And then he followed it with his constant plea with his tin cup in his hand. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Now think of it. He's the Biden of Brooklyn. He knows the schmuck, the putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, who uh, controls the purse spring, strings in the Senate, Hakeem Jeffries in the House, and uh, crime wave Kathy Hochul in Albany, and they're not giving him any money. And he claims, hey, look, look at me. I'm the most fiscally prudent of all. And I believe that... Those of you who have covered this administration, you would somewhat agree that fiscal prudence is with the hallmark of this administration. (laughs) They don't trust them. 
That's why he's not getting any money from Biden or Schumer or Hakeem Jeffries or crime wave Kathy Holcomb. They know this is a scam. It's fiscal technology because he's been lying. And remember, right here, Lou, it was last week in Macedonia, Phil, on February 1st. It was Wednesday, right here, 12 noon to 1, we broke the story that the city of New York was reticketing the illegal aliens outside of the Watson Hotel and sending them to Canada and sending them to wherever they wanted to go, acting like they were concierge and that they were a a, uh, charter service. He admitted that on Channel 5 on Monday with Rosanna Scotto. And then yesterday did another pivot in shift and said this. You know, so those uh, critics who say we are aiding and abetting, I don't know where they're getting that from. Uh, we are not telling anyone to go to any country or state. Uh, people who arrived here and already had other destinations in mind were basically basically compelled to come to New York. And when they're part of our intake process and we speak with people and they say they desire to go somewhere else, um, there's a host of partnerships from the Catholic Charities to others uh, that have been coordinating with people to get to their final destinations. This is a racket. This is a syndicate between Catholic Charities, Archbishop Dolan, and the Eric Adams administration and the leader of the pack, Gary Jenkins, just resigned, who is the head of homeless services, who was ill-equipped to deal with the normal homeless problem and the addition of the illegal aliens coming in. And what is Eric Adams doing tonight? He's having a dinner with Sid Rosenberg. Maybe maybe Sid can use his, uh, his skills that he learned at Baruch College uh, to sort of teach him how you can't say, I need $2 billion one day and $4 billion the next. So... He had a press conference yesterday with Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who uh, gives uh, his swag bags out to the boosters and the shoplifters in the city so that they can make more money, more money, more money. Doesn't arrest them. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, will turn loose uh, criminals who are predicate offenders. But yesterday, Eric Adams and his very dear friend, Alvin Bragg, that's why he never names and shames him, because remember, he's afraid of the investigatory powers that Alvin Bragg has in Manhattan that snatched up Eric Ulrich, his buildings commissioner, and turned him into a confidential informant by snatching his phone. So he knows he's got to keep uh, Alvin Bragg close. So he's claiming that there's money there in marijuana We can't get that money legally as long as these pop up and illegal black market shops stay open. You can't just open a shop and sell marijuana. There are rules and we must abide by those those rules in a very real way. Okay, I get that. But then he said what I've heard other people say here who know nothing about nothing about the black market trade of marijuana, nickel and dime bags, whether it's in a pop up shop or it's being dealt out in the streets. These products are not tested. In some cases, they could be laced with fentanyl. Uh, these are dangerous products, and the public must be aware of that. Oh, please. Please. What is this, reefer madness? Yeah, the, the nickel and dime bag that you're buying in Washington Square Park, where they have a, a complete open sook, where people have tables, they're selling product here laced with fentanyl. You really think that's going to scare them away? Come on, they've been buying it for years. They have their preferred marijuana dealer. They do home deliveries. I mean, it's on and on. And then the, 
the sanctimonious hypocrite claiming, can, can, can I hear that cut again, please, Lou, about fentanyl and marijuana? Eight. Products are not tested. In some cases, they could be laced with fentanyl. Uh, these are dangerous products, and the public must be aware of that. Well, now, why did he give Stephen Colbert illegal marijuana on the night after he beat me in the general election? There was no legal marijuana in New York City or New York State at that time. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have raw. I did not know. I have raw. I am not aware, Mr. Mayor. I'm not into that scene. I have bamboo. Oh, you know, big. And I can't give you this gift. I'll give it to you later. You know, <laughs> what a goofball! Like a kid coming out of junior high school had just smoked his first ragweed joint, and now he's claiming, "Oh, if you buy pot in the streets or the pop-up shops, it could be laced with fentanyl." How do we know that 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 marijuana that he gave Stephen Colbert, which was illegal, wasn't laced with fentanyl? Nonsense. And then naturally, here's Alvin Bragg. Like, pot dealers are going to be fearful of a man who never arrests or prosecutes anybody. We want to give New York's legal cannabis market a fair chance to thrive and give New Yorkers the security of knowing that a safe, orderly system is in place for cannabis dispensaries. (laughs) And then Eric Adams gives him the seal of approval, claiming that Alvin Bragg is street smart. Just showed your... Street credibility from the streets to the suite, you know? No, no, he's got no street cred. None whatsoever, Alvin Bragg. Let me tell you, the man who's got street cred is yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, because I go into Washington Square Park where they have an open marketplace of illegal marijuana dealers who not only give you all kinds of product, they'll let you actually sample, they give you credit, they'll deliver, they have their preferred customers, they can undercharge the state because there are no taxes, and they bring in they bring in California marijuana from the Emerald Triangle, from Humboldt County, the preferred versus homegrown weed in New York State. Listen to me with a bunch of homies in Washington Square Park. They let you sample right, puff, puff, bass. They don't do that in the state licensed store. And if they need credit, if they're down on their luck, come out at me. They get credit. Make it work. The state license. Make it work. Doesn't do that. I take installments too. That's installments. How about layaway? <laughs> I got layaway. Okay. Oh. I'm telling you, $5 oh. down. Yeah. See that ball throughout oh, the park. <laughs> he takes installments. Layaway. It's competition. And so Alvin Bragg says, I'm going to run all these illegal pot dealers out of Manhattan. Go ahead, knock yourself out. And I'll tell you this much. They've been doing this since the uh, Pope of Greenwich Village was taking orders in Tompkins Square Park on Avenue A in St. Mark's Place in the 70s. Nobody's afraid of you, Alvin Bragg. Nobody. Spectacular. Now here's the sin wrap-up. Oi. Oh, 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 oh,
You know, that may be true, but I have launched a full all-out war against all of Sid Rosenberg's friends. As you know, it's Sid Rosenberg and Friends, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10. And on Monday morning, John Katsimatidis took out a full-page ad promoting Sid's program with all of his friends. It was like a Hollywood square. And he had me right in the middle like I was Paul Lynn. You remember the gay guy? The guy was always drunk and angry, and I took great umbrage to that. And I told Sid I was declaring war on all of his uh, friends. And I did so to Andrew Giuliani, who gave some kind of cockamamie uh, rationale for how Mike Trout of the California Angels was better than Joe DiMaggio. And I pimp slapped him down, and to his credit, Andrew Giuliani fell on his sword and acknowledged, you know, oh, man, I don't want to cross swords with Curtis. And I went at Bill O'Reilly the other day as he was supporting Catholic Charities, that ripoff organization that is responsible for shaking down us as taxpayers and bringing in all these illegal aliens, right? I went at him. I got on Bo Dito, got, gotten after him many times, and all the rest of the friends. But the one who will not retreat, will not surrender, will not acknowledge the ill of his ways is Congressman Peter King. And he spoke with Sid this morning about that fact of how I have declared war on him. After your long, illustrious Hall of Fame political and now radio career, you have now gotten Curtis Sliwa all excited because he said the same exact thing on this show at 7.05. And mind you, as you were saying it, he ran to the studio and started finger-pointing me like, you see, I told you. So congratulations, King. It's now you and Sliwa. How does that sound? Yeah, well, well I can tell you, I'm, I'm a little confused right now because during the week I'm getting texts from Curtis saying he and I are at war. There's going to be a war between us because we were having dinner with Vivolo 15 years ago with Vito Fisella, yeah. and I didn't want him to declare war on, uh, who was it, Marbury, in the, on the restaurants. And, right. He actually, he actually blames, he, he, he says if you would have listened to him back then, you could have averted right. the Russia-Ukraine war. <laughs> yeah, all I know is, listen, all right, Curtis and I went to the same high school. I graduated. He did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. my God. What, 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 if, what if he was out there and, and uh, because he's such a good soul, opted not to graduate to protect New Yorkers on a daily basis? That's honorable, no? Yeah, actually, you know, all kidding aside, Curtis is a great guy. He's a, he's a great New Yorker. <laughs> and he could have easily graduated. What he did was he led a student revolt. And all he had to do was, like, apologize for it, and he wouldn't do it, so he threw him out. He got the it. right courtesy. Sure, it was him. <laughs> he let a student revolt. You can't make this he up. Did, yeah. That's good. Again, he was about 10 years behind me, but it was, uh, yeah, that was the whole, it was like the last years. Of, it was a great school in Brooklyn. In fact, from, the, from my school, uh, high school window, I could see Ebbets Field. I could see them wow. down, which is even worse. Wait, so what high school is that? Brooklyn Prep, which is uh, now Medgar Evers, by the way. Right, Medgar Evers College. Right. That whole facility was yeah. uh, Brooklyn Prep. Yeah, that's what Peter King always says, how he graduated Brooklyn Prep and I got kicked out. Yes, the Jesuits did shine their boots on my backside, kicked me to the curb, and told me not to look back, and I never did. But I will tell you this, Sid is a little confused, uh, Lou, with his geography and history. The reason I wanted to kick Stefan Marbury's ass, who was sitting there with some big mama, was that he is like the god in Red China now. He he, he bombed out as a Nick and Annette. 
coming out of Lincoln High School and Georgia Tech out of the Cary Projects in Coney Island. But when he went to Red China, they made him into a deity. There's Mao Zedong, there's Stefan Marbury. Fifteen years ago, I wanted to kick his ass. And Peter King and Vito Fisella said, no, no, our wives are here. Don't, don't set it off. Had to do with Red China, Sid. But then again, Sid is all for toots that he's going to have dinner with Eric Adams tonight at 930. Meantime, the city is in a free fall with New York City Mayor Adams is, uh, uh, homeless services commissioner resigning in disgrace and the fire department in free fall. Let me ask you, you went to Baruch, you could have been an accountant. Yeah, I, but, I really did go, unlike George Santos. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> with your sharpened number two pencil, you can help the mayor tonight when you sit down with him. He went from wanting $2 billion from the federal government for all these illegal aliens to $4.2 billion in one day. Well, that's fine. And yesterday, <laughs> when they were asking him, the New York Post was asking him, how do you how do you figure this out with your math? And he said, I'm not really very good with math. He's not. Tell me. Well, remember, the guy who prepared his tax returns was a homeless guy, remember, at the time, <laughs> that was that having way. all kinds of emotion, which I maybe don't know these stories are true that you bring up. I have no, no idea. No, no, no. Read it in the papers today. You like Biden at this point. Well, why don't you promise <laughs> to become his accountant and straighten out the books? Well, how do you go from demanding $2 billion yeah. to $4.2 billion for the illegal the issue was worse than he thought it was. It's a racket. He's trying to fix this damn thing, Curtis. Yeah, fix He's it. trying to fix it. He's trying to strengthen Catholic charities, which is making millions of dollars from us to suck at taxpayers. Oh, yeah, we'll see if Eric Adams will become the new accountant for Eric Adams after their dinner tonight.